the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We all have a universal thirst, whether you realize it or not. We all have a spiritual thirst in all of us, in our hearts. We all have an emptiness. We all have a a longing for something more to life. Uh, We all have a restlessness. We all have kind of this, uh, just a longing for something better. And that's by design. You are incomplete. And even if you've rejected the idea of a God or any kind of spiritual realm, you've sensed the emptiness that Pastor Dan is talking about in today's message. It's undeniable. You may try to find ways to explain it away, and you definitely will try to fill it. We all do. But there's only one way to find the meaning you're looking for. It can only be filled by Christ. When you die to yourself and allow Him to fill you up with His love, you'll find that elusive peace and contentment. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 7 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 7, verse 37. And on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. What I want to do this morning is just kind of dig a little bit deeper into what Jesus says here in verses 37 to 39. If you remember from last week, the context of this event was the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. Uh, The Feast of Tabernacles was one of the three mandatory feasts of the Jews, meaning uh, anyone who was able to make that journey Uh, to Jerusalem, was required to make the trip uh, to celebrate this feast. It was was a requirement for males, Jewish males, uh, but by the time, by Jesus' day, most men brought their entire families with them, children, grandparents, everybody, Uh, you know, and it would last for eight days. You can imagine this, everybody would, you know, close down your business, uh, lock up your house, and everybody would take this eight-day journey you know, this eight-day retreat, if you will, and go to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast. The the Feast of Tabernacles was by far the biggest celebration of the year for the Jewish people. 
it was an eight-day-long party, eight-day-long feast. Uh, it lasted all night, throughout the night, for eight days. Uh, and the, the, feast of De- uh, the Feast of Tabernacles commemorated God's faithfulness to Israel during their time in the wilderness, uh, under Moses and the Exodus. Verse 37 tells us uh, that this particular event where Jesus says these things, this particular event happened, it says, on the last day, which was the great day of the feast. This is the climax of the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, Back in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 36, we're told that on the last day of the feast, the people were to hold a sacred assembly. And so all of the people on the great day, the last day, were to gather together at the temple. And it's on this day when there's more people gathered in the temple courts than any other day during the feast. It's on this day that Jesus took the opportunity to make this declaration to the crowd. When he's got the biggest audience, he makes this declaration. And it says in verse 37 again, Jesus stood and cried and said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And I think there's three words in this verse that really stand out. Thirsts, come, and drink. Jesus gave this invitation to all who were thirsty. And he's not speaking of physical thirst here. He's talking about spiritual thirst. And let me have your attention. Everyone, everyone, including all of us here, we all have a universal thirst, whether you realize it or not. We all have a spiritual thirst in all of us, in our hearts. We all have an emptiness. We all have a a longing for something more to life. Uh, We all have a restlessness. We all have kind of this, uh, just a longing for something better. And that's by design. In Romans chapter 8, verse 20, it says that we all have been created, it says, subject to vanity or subject to emptiness or subject to just frustration with this life. And God has put that emptiness in all of us because that emptiness can only be satisfied by Jesus Christ. It can only be satisfied by a relationship with Jesus Christ. That hole that is there in every one of us, that hole can only be filled by Him and nothing else and no one else. Now, most people don't even realize what they're thirsting for is Jesus. Most people don't even realize they're thirsty. And they don't realize it's Jesus that they need. They don't realize that only Jesus can satisfy that emptiness. And so what people do is they try to satisfy that spiritual thirst they have with the things of the world. Right? Whether that's a relationship with someone. This is going to make me happy. Or it's a career. You know, it's pursuing material success whether it's pleasure, whether it's self-indulgence, whether it's food. I'm going to find my happiness in food. Whether it's a hobby or sports, and you can go on and on and on with the list, and people try to fill that void with something other than Jesus, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. After a while, they feel empty again. And so they move on to something else. They try something new. They look for something different. 
to fill that emptiness, to fill that void. And they go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, all the while just just feeling empty and just frustrated with life. I think of the the woman of Samaria uh, and Sukkar that Jesus spoke to in John chapter 4. If you remember that story, she had been married five times before, and she was currently living with a man that she wasn't married to. She was looking for her fulfillment in men, obviously. And when she was with a man and she didn't find that fulfillment, she went to the next man and the next man and the next man. She was looking for her her happiness and her satisfaction in relationships. And she went from relationship to relationship, and yet she was still thirsty. There was still an emptiness there. There was still a void that she couldn't fill, a hole that she couldn't fill. And Jesus said to that woman, if you remember the passage, John chapter 4, verse 13, he said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become to him a fountain, a spring of water springing up into everlasting life. The water that Jesus offers satisfies. It satisfies. You drink of the water that Jesus offers you, you never thirst again. And Jesus gives this invitation here in John chapter 7 to anyone and everyone who is thirsty. And I want you to note here where Jesus is when he gives this invitation. He doesn't walk into a bar on Friday night and say to all those people that are there, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and drink. Jesus gives this invitation in the temple. In Jerusalem, he gives this invitation to religious people, very religious people. He gives this invitation to people who have spent the last week straight engaged in religious celebration and religious activity around the clock. And yet they're still dying of thirst. You see, religious activities do not satisfy the soul. It doesn't matter how religious you are or how devout you are. It doesn't matter how many religious activities or religious events you go to. That's not going to satisfy the soul. It doesn't quench the thirst. Coming to church doesn't quench the thirst. And don't misunderstand me. These things are, are, are good. They're important. They have their role and their place, obviously, in the life of a believer. But it's, it, it's not what satisfies the thirst. Coming to Jesus. Jesus is the only thing that satisfies that thirst. Being religious won't satisfy it. I think of the rich young ruler that Jesus encountered in the Gospels. I'll just read it to you back in Matthew chapter 19. This guy, he is described as rich, he's young, and he's powerful. This guy's got it all. I mean, he's like a contestant on The Bachelor, right? I mean, what a, what a package. He's got money, he's got youth, And he's got power, and yet he comes to Jesus in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, and he said to Jesus, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? He knew that he didn't have eternal life. You know, you know or you don't know if you have eternal life. This guy knew he didn't have eternal life. 
Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, listen to what Jesus says. He kind of baits him a little bit here. He says, keep the commandments. And the rich young ruler said to him, well, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witnesses. Witness, you know, Jesus listed all the commands that pertain to our relationship with our fellow man. Jesus didn't list the commands that talk about our relationship with God. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And listen to what the young man said. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Isn't that insightful? He said, yeah, I, I've, I've done this since my youth. I've been devout. I've been religious my whole life. But I'm still lacking something. And this is a guy who knew that he was still lacking something that there is something missing, that there's something more to life than what he's doing. And so Jesus goes on to say to him, well, if you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come follow me. Come to me. He's lacking something, and what Jesus tells him is, if, if, you, want to, if you want to satisfy that emptiness, if you want the peace that's missing, the peace that's missing is me. Come follow me. You're not going to find that satisfaction in your religious devotion. You're going to find it in Jesus. And when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Really, his possessions had him. He didn't have great possessions. His great possessions had him. Jesus here said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And look at, look at the verse Jesus said, let him come to me and drink, and drink. That's the key to this verse. You should circle drink there in verse 37. That, this is where many people seem to fail. They come to Jesus, but they never drink. They never drink of him. I mean, you can imagine if it were summertime, if it was the 4th of July, and uh, you're, you're at the parade in Catonsville, it's hot, uh, it's blistering hot, right? And you're out there in the sun all day, and you're just dying of thirst, and you come to a water cooler that is full of ice-cold water, and you never drink of it. You're never going to experience the satisfaction. The thirst is never going to go away. Even though you're there, you've come to the water fountain, but if you don't take the step of drinking it, you're always going to have that thirst. It's, the same is true with Jesus. People come to Jesus, but they never drink of him. 
They, they never drink of him. They never enjoy the refreshment. They never enjoy the satisfaction. And they just stay thirsty, even though they've come to Jesus. You have to come to him and you have to drink. Both are necessary. The word come here and the word drink are both in the present tense, meaning Jesus is speaking of a continual action. He's not saying, you know, he's not, it's not come to Jesus once and drink once, but we come to Jesus over and over to drink of him. It's continually drinking of Jesus. And what does Jesus mean? What does Jesus mean when he says, come to me and drink? How do we drink of Jesus? Well, we have expressions in the English language like drink it up or drink it in, right? And when we drink it in, to drink it in is to take something in eagerly or to to fully experience something with, with great enjoyment. I want to drink it all in. I got to dive into it, you know. I'm going to, I mean, in other words, soak it up, right? Well, that's the idea here. Jesus invites us to come to him and drink, to drink him in, to just fully experience him, to, to take him in eagerly, all of him, as much as I can take, and to keep coming and coming and coming to him and drinking and drinking and drinking. And as we do that, listen, as we do that, he then satisfies our deepest desire. He satisfies the thirst. But I got to do two things. I got to come to him and I got to drink. Coming to him is not enough. You must do both. You have to come to him and drink. And as you do, he satisfies that deepest thirst of the soul. Now, what does this look like practically? How do we drink of Jesus? Well, here's just a few ways we can drink of Jesus. First way, which is the most important way, is spending time with Jesus alone. Spending time with Jesus alone. Spending time with him and drinking him in. You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, or your, your translation might say your closet, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There Jesus talks about getting alone with God, going into your closet. I was listening to Hope FM this week, and there was a pastor on there who was talking about when he was first saved, first became a Christian. Uh, he was a young man. He was still living at home in his parents' house. Uh, and he, he said he started reading the Bible, and he just took it all literally. And he said in his home while he was growing up, there was one closet in their house And so he says, go into your closet and pray. So he would go into his closet to pray. And one day his mom found him in the closet and was like, what are you doing in here? He said, well, I'm praying. The Bible says I should go in my closet and pray. He took it literally, right? But the idea is just have a a place where you can go and get alone with the Lord and spend time with him alone. Whether that's a closet, whether that's in your bedroom, or whether that's in an office in your house, or maybe it's on a bench in a park or in the woods wherever that may be, but to just have a place where you can get alone with Jesus and seek him and spend time with him in his presence and make that a priority in your life. Do it, do it every day where you get alone with Jesus and drink of him, drink him in. Another thing that will help you drink of Jesus is to read your Bible. Just read your Bible 
every day. The whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation speaks of Jesus. The scriptures testify of him. He comes in the volume of the book. It's just reading your Bible every day. It's a way that you can drink in Jesus. Another way uh, that you can drink in Jesus is just through regular fellowship with other Christians. You know, beyond a Sunday morning. You know, Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered, I am there in the midst of them. He shows up whenever we're in fellowship with other believers. And so that's, that's important. It's a way that you can drink in Jesus. And the more that you drink in Jesus, the more satisfied and content you will be in life. Let me repeat that. The more that you drink in Jesus, the more satisfied and content you will be in life. Are you satisfied? Are you content with your life? Or do you find you're always dissatisfied? You're always discontent. You're always frustrated. Spend more time with Jesus, drinking him in. You know, St. Augustine said, our heart is restless until it rests in God. And that's true. Find your rest in Jesus Christ. He's the one who will quench the thirst of your soul. And he is the only one who can satisfy your soul. And, and we can come to him, and this is the great thing. We can come to him and drink as often as needed, as often as we're thirsty. And what's great is he's, it, that's, that spring is always available to us. And we've got it with us anywhere we go. It's, you know, it's, not, it's not something that's external, that's geographically located somewhere, and I've got to go to that place to find my contentment in life. It's not something that, is, uh, that could fail us. You know, it's not like I find my happiness and contentment in the Baltimore Ravens, right? And then now every time they lose, I'm frustrated. I don't know what that's like. I'm a Patriots fan. And I'm just, you know, I'm just trying, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be relevant to... <laughs> but you know what I mean? Listen, listen, the source of our satisfaction, the source of our contentment is with us all the time. It's internal now. It's Christ in us. It's not external. And it doesn't fail. It never runs out. The well never dries up. And I can always come to him and drink whenever I'm thirsty, as often as I need to. You know, David in the Old Testament... um, He understood that it's only God who satisfies our thirst. And David writes in the Psalms, listen to this, this is Psalm 63. It tells us in the title that he was in the wilderness of Judah. He's out in what we would call the desert. And this is probably when he is running for his life from King Saul. So he's out in a desert. And he says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. David was in the desert physically, but he was also in the desert spiritually. You know, this this world is very much like a desert spiritually, isn't it? Uh, You could describe this world as a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And David understood that it's only God 
that satisfies, that his soul was really thirsting for God. His flesh was longing for God. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for joining Pastor Dan Sexton today to study the book of 1 John on Ring of Truth. This New Testament letter encourages its readers to grow in faith to set aside personal agendas and unite in a pursuit of God's plans. The author wants those who follow Christ to experience Him fully, as well as experience the beautiful gift of a church community. Having a body of believers around you to support and encourage you in your personal walk with Christ is important. You'll also find that a body of believers is somewhere you can be Jesus' hands and feet to others. Are you part of a church? If not, we want to encourage you to find one soon. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. You can find out more at our website, calvaryec.com. You can also give us a call for more information. Our phone number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We're honored to be able to share God's Word with you through each edition of Ring of Truth. If you'd like to listen to additional teachings from this series, you'll find them at calvaryec.com. That's all for now. Join us next time for more on Ring of Truth. It's true.